Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro with you, wishing everyone a healthy and happy 4th of July week. And we all hope that later this month, training camp will begin at the NovaCare Complex for the Eagles and for the rest of the NFL. We all have our fingers crossed on that one. Got a good one for you today. Wanted to get an outside perspective on what beat reporters, guys who cover the team on a daily basis, think the biggest concern for the Eagles is going into this training camp. We're also going to revisit Stats Corner with Jacob from the Eagles Kids Club. But first, we want to visit with Jordan Malata, who, look, back in 2018, the Eagles went after him in the seventh round of the NFL draft, and he was so impressive despite having never played the game of American football. A physical specimen at six foot eight, 346 pounds, played his football in Australia along with rugby, and then he came to America as part of the exchange program to learn the game of American football. The Eagles were so impressed with his athletic ability that they used a seventh round draft pick on him. The returns to date have been, I guess you would say, at the project level. Everyone knew that Malata would take some time to develop. And the question is, going into year three, having spent his first two seasons on injured reserve with a back injury, is the development ready to step on the field and be a productive NFL player for an Eagles offensive line that all of a sudden has some question marks with Andre Dillard slated to start for the first time on a full-time basis at the left tackle position with a gaping hole at right guard in the wake of Brandon Brooks' season-ending Achilles tendon tear. Is Jordan Malata ready to contribute? Now, the Eagles used two of their 10 draft picks on offensive linemen, Jack Driscoll and Prince Tiga Wanago. So there's some competition for Malata. It is not a given at all that he makes this 53-man roster. So we haven't heard from him for a long time. We're going to hear from him right now. Jordan Malata, he says he's ready to get on the field and be a big-time player for the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, Jordan Malata, long time no talk. How you feel? How has your offseason been? What a crazy offseason, right? Yeah, it's been, mate, certainly one that I've never experienced ever. You're, you're saying, being, hey, yeah. have you been in Philly the whole time, Jordan? Yes, sir. Been here the whole time. All right, let's let's talk a little football. What what um, what I guess gives you gives you hope that you're a better football player now than you were, you know, a year ago. I think just the uh, you know when you go through being, uh, go through three years of just being in the system and learning, you know, just the intricacies of the game and and the game plan that your team runs. I think you know just becoming familiar and comfortable getting those mental reps and then trying to work on my craft, you know, technique wise, you know, that's what, that's what makes me feel more confident now than I've ever felt before being at this team, you know, since I've come here. So yeah, I guess you just get, you you gain the edge and you gain experience. Even if you are 
you're on IR two years in a row. Yeah, that that seems to be the only thing kind of holding you back was the was the injuries. Um, yeah. Update me, update me on the health. Do you do you feel like you're physically ready to, you know, withstand the rigors of of playing offensive line in, in the NFL? Yeah, yeah. So I think this is the healthiest offseason I've had um, in terms of in the gym and on the field. Um, you know, I finally hit the squat machine, or I'm not squat machine, but I'm. I'm squatting now, front squat and back squat now. The fact that I'm doing that now, yeah, I feel really confident. That's exciting. Um, yeah. Jordan, um, has it been frustrating for you? Um, I mean, oh, yeah, of course. You know, I'd be lying if I said it hasn't been. But at the same time, you know, i kind of seen a new light. Just like, you know, uh, just gained this new attitude, like chipping my shoulder to even want it more, you know try and get back for the team and get back for myself as well so you know i, I you, when you go through the the same thing you know year after year it's you kind of just get a chip in your shoulder and you just want to play even more do you feel harder. like do you feel like jordan that um i mean it's kind of a approve it kind of training camp and preseason for you mm-hmm. oh uh no doubt yeah i see this as my uh uh, uh, definitely as a private year and training camp. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and tell lies, but, you know, I'm really excited to go back out there and, and show the team that, you know, I'm, I'm still a, a great player and, and a great teammate, um, that I know my stuff. So, yeah, it's just going to be a big year for me. Jordan, what, uh, what, what, where have you improved kind of uh, from a physical standpoint? Are you leaner than you were or stronger than you were or the, the strength in your legs, your back? I mean, where do you think you've made your most gains? I think uh, the gains would be so still still the same but um, just the familiarity and comfortability in, in playing that swing tackle position you know, and, and getting those reps at the right side. Yeah, I was kind of blindsided um, last year. You know, when they put me on the right side, I'd never taken any reps on the right side, but you know, I'd I don't like to complain, so I just, you know, copped it on the chin and, 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 and did the best I could. Um, and, and now, you know, even after the whole year of playing the right, at right side, I feel more comfortable now um, just working on those little intricacies and the minor details that I needed to uh, correct playing right than I, than I am to the left. So that's the, the big change this off season was um, trying to, you know, get the... I guess build the same power on on, on both sides and kind of correct the techniques to to be able to play both sides. Are you able to get out on the field by yourself uh, throughout this off season and work on technique and work on your footwork and yes. work on those things? Yes, sir. I've been able to, to get on the field and and do those necessary. Um, you know, just just like base drills that we do to warm up and and do. Reps, you know, set sets of reps of uh, just kicking back and change of direction, even like run blocking, going through plays, like yeah, been doing all that. What was your reaction draft weekend when they drafted uh, Prince Tiga and Jack? Oh, I'll be honest, uh, I was kind of also watching the draft. Um, I kind of found out by you actually, or the Eagles Twitter. Someone, someone tweeted it. Okay. I was like, cool. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's cool. We got two little tackles. And I was like, we need it. Like, we honestly need depth. 
um, you know, we 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 lost uh, Big V and we lost JT. I mean, honestly, I wasn't, yeah, it feels threatened. Um, uh, but I love competition as well, so it definitely makes me want to work harder this year during this season, uh, during this uh, training camp. Uh, but yeah, overall, I wasn't, uh, yeah. I was pretty happy that we got depth and picked up two guys. I ended up watching, uh, well, yeah, looking up these guys and seeing who they were, and so that they they look like decent fellas. So yeah, can't wait to uh, can't wait to uh, start working with them and hitting hitting them while they hold the pads. Yeah, it must be you must last one for you. It must be really really um, kind of just anxious, excited to get back on the field and, and take the next step. Yeah, that's that's really I'm I'm really like I said I had that trip on the trip on my shoulder now, um, and I'm just really excited to go out there and um yeah, show my worth and 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 show these guys that I I am a, I am an elite NFL player in this league. I love to hear that, Jordan. I love that confidence, man. Thank you. Thanks, Bud. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, man. Appreciate that. Hey, listen. Thanks for your time. Good luck yeah, to you. Man. Stay safe, and hopefully I'll see you at Novacare really soon. You too. See you, man. All right, Take care. All right, now let's get some outside perspective. I asked five reporters who cover the Eagles on a daily basis what their biggest concern heading into the 2020 season was for the Philadelphia Eagles. So let's hear from them. Les Bowen, Philadelphia Inquirer Daily News. Well, I would say that the biggest concern for the Eagles uh, going into training camp is Andre Dillard at left tackle, uh, replacing one of the franchise's all-time greats, Jason Peters. I wouldn't have said this maybe a month ago um, because I see that there are really a number of concerns. There are three that I identify as as very strong concerns. One is the defense without Malcolm Jenkins. Another is, did they really give Carson Wentz enough weapons to put the offense on par with the top offenses in the conference, uh, given what Dallas has, uh, given what you see in some other cities, uh, you know, is Jalen Rieger and, and Marquise Goodwin and, uh, you know, a couple of uh, lower draft picks uh, enough to, to really lift this offense from kind of the funk that it was in much of last season. Uh, maybe there'll be some new concepts that'll help that. I don't know, but I think that's a pretty, pretty valid concern. Um, however, uh, I was somewhat worried about Dillard, uh, and then Brandon Brooks went down uh, with that Achilles tear at right guard, and suddenly I, I don't think they can get by with Dillard being just sort of okay the way that uh, Halapulavati Vitae was in the Super Bowl season when Jason Peters went down. Uh, I think they're going to need Dillard to be good because I really don't think you can be sort of okay at two different positions where you had dominant players before. Um, you know, Brooks, I would say, has been their most consistently dominant offensive lineman over the past few seasons. Whoever steps in there, maybe it'll be Matt Pryor, uh, certainly has his work cut out for him, but that's a less vital position than left tackle. Uh, I really think, uh, you know, it all starts with the lines. I mean, the Eagles have been very uh, consistent about that over the last several years, and the offensive line looks uh, less, quite quite a bit dramatically less uh, proven than it has been uh, in a number of years. And I really think Andre Dillard is the key to that. 
Uh, I think you can get by with Pryor or Herbig or whoever just being okay as a replacement to Brandon Brooks if Dillard is really good, if he is yeah more than just average. And that's a lot to ask of him because uh, he didn't play a lot as a rookie and uh, he had a, a lot of things to learn. We've heard from Brandon Brooks that Andre has added weight and he's stronger, which was really his biggest issue. He's extremely athletic. He's, you know, he can stay in front of a, a pass rusher. He just can get knocked aside uh, is, is his biggest thing. Uh, so I, I think he's he's the linchpin, really, of this offense uh, going forward to me. Um and, of course, we're assuming here that the Eagles aren't going to make some sort of move to bring back Jason Peters. I don't think that's likely. But, uh, you know, there's since we haven't seen Andre Dillard, we didn't have the spring work, which I think would have been very important for someone like him. Uh, I'm very, very curious as to how that will go and what he will look like uh, when he shows up. John Clark, NBC10 Sports. When I look at this football team, I see a lot of depth at a lot of positions. And so when you say, what is the biggest concern? I absolutely, in my mind, think it is the offensive line because of Brandon Brooks being gone for the season. That is such a huge loss. He is one of the best players on the Eagles. And you know they like to run a lot of plays and running plays to the right side of that offensive line. And when you combine the loss of Brandon Brooks with – you're going to be going with Andre Dillard, and you're not 100% sure what he is. We're hearing great things. Brandon Brooks says he's gained 15 to 20 pounds of muscle and strength, and that's what he needed. But you don't have that stability of the offensive line that you've had. Jason Peters has been there forever, Hall of Famer. So you don't have that stability, and that's what I'm worried about. The, the good thing is Matt Pryor got some experience last year, and you hear Trey Thomas and some other experts say that he looked pretty good in that playoff game, and that playing next to Jason Kelsey, one of the smarter offensive linemen in the league, even though he's going to be 33 in November, I think there are question marks on that line, and stability is the problem. But hopefully Andre Dillard can take over at left tackle and Matt Pryor can step in. But that is my biggest concern. If Brandon Brooks did not go down and was lost for the season, um, I would say my biggest concern is safety and possibly linebacker. Uh, but, you know, they don't play three linebackers pretty much now. And, you know, you can get safeties who play quasi-linebackers sometimes. Uh, but, you know, you're switching – the roles for Jalen Mills and Malcolm Jenkins has played like six or seven positions over the last couple of years. And he's been able to do everything on defense. So, you know, there's, there's change over there and Jalen Mills, I have confidence in him, but that's a question mark. He is changing positions, changing roles and the versatility of Malcolm Jenkins. You're really going to miss. Jimmy Kemsky, phillyvoice.com. Yeah, I know this is going to sound strange, but I would say that actually one of the Eagles' biggest strengths, even in 2020, would be my biggest concern uh, this upcoming season. That would be the offensive line. And the reason being is because you know, they, they, they stand the possibility of coming back into 2020 with uh, three of their top six offensive linemen uh, needing to be replaced. And I mean, you know, Jason Peters, they don't bring him back. Brandon Brooks now, obviously, with the Achilles tear. And Haldapula uh, Bhatti-Vaitai in free agency, he signed with the, the Lions in free agency. He's been obviously an extremely valuable piece over the last 
you know, four years with the Eagles as that swing tackle. And then even last year, he filled it in a guard at times. So, you know, you lose those three out of six, three, three out of your top six guys. That, that's, that's a, that's a tall order in, in, in terms of trying to replace them. You know, I think that potentially messes up continuity and, you know, it's something that they've had for such a long time. Obviously, Jeff Stalin is, is an outstanding uh, offensive line coach. They've tried to beef up the offensive line with depth and, you know, developing guys of the last few years. They drafted, of course, Jordan Mailata, Matt Pryor, who may start this year. They drafted uh, Prince Teguanogo and Jack Triscoll, obviously, in the 2020 draft. So they do have guys in the pipeline, but I do think that there's a potential for that offensive line to fall off from sort of that elite status and then, you know, and to something that's, you know, maybe a little bit lesser. Now, obviously, most of the teams throughout the, the NFL would probably, you know, trade their offensive lines for the Eagles offensive line in, the, in a heartbeat. Obviously, Jason Kelsey is, in my opinion, the best center in the NFL. Lane Johnson is the best right tackle in the NFL. Isaac Samal is really coming along as a pro. I think he's an above average starter at this point. But again, when you're replacing three of your top six guys, I think that does kind of, you know, that, that would be my biggest concern heading into this season. So obviously, uh, you're looking at Oscar Dillard as the replacement for Jason Peters. First round pick last year, they moved to get him. They essentially used three draft picks to, to take him in the 2019 draft. And he showed signs of improvement as the year went on last year. I thought his games against the Bears and Bills showed some signs of encouragement, but he really struggled against the Vikings, Cowboys, and Seahawks. So that's a concern area. Obviously, Jason Peters has been a Hall of Famer over the last decade, plus for the Eagles. At right guard, you have Brandon Brooks going down. And I would say the first guy up, the guy that will get the first opportunity to start there, will probably be Matt Breyer, who started in the Eagles playoff game against the Seahawks last year. I thought he was fine in that game. You know, he's got a lot of, he's huge. He's got a lot of power. Let's say the quickness is maybe his biggest concern there. And then as far as how the pool of Atibaitai goes, you know, that, who knows, who knows how the depth is going to work in terms of replacing him. He was a swing tackle, as I mentioned, and he filled in the right guard at times during the, the 2019 season. So I think it'll kind of be a mix of guys that sort of fill that role, whether it's Jordan Mailata as a backup left guard, whether it's Jack Driscoll as a backup uh, right tackle. Uh, Prince Tegelonogo obviously has, has experience both left tackle and right tackle. So I, I, I think that's that, you know, those, those depth spots are, are sort of wide open in terms of who will get the first crack at the first guy off the bench. I think we've kind of taken for granted how good the offensive line has been for so long. You look at the teams around the league that, you know, they, their seasons have been ruined by a bad offensive line. But you look at the Vikings, for example, you know, they have good skill position players, they have a great defense. But in my opinion, it's been our offensive line that has really derailed their seasons the last three, four years. You look at the Giants and the, and the you know the Eagles' own division. Their offensive line has been bad for for really a long time. They really have no chance going into every season. In Washington, even you know that they have in theory a good offensive line on paper, but they've had some guys go down, and their season has been ruined by that kind of thing. So you know the Eagles' offensive line has really been the one constant, the one thing that you can go into every week knowing that they were going to play well. And I think that that's maybe not the case potentially in 2020. You don't know for sure that they're going to be awesome week in and week out like we've come to expect over the last four or five years. Howard Eskin, WIP, Fox Philadelphia. Well, when you look at this team and you look at the areas in which there should be concern, I would say, and I don't know it's the biggest concern, left tackle. You've got to protect your quarterback. You've got to protect your quarterback. And I'm not sure about Andre Dillard yet. He's got to take another step forward. Uh, obviously, the right guard is a concern, losing the best right guard probably in football in Brandon Brooks. 
But maybe the biggest concern, because defense is what's going to, I think, really make the difference for him, is the depth at the defensive end. After Brandon Graham and after Derek Barnett, really, what do you have? So if I had to really nail it down, there are concerns. If I had to really nail it down, after Graham and Barnett, who do you have? You have Josh Sweat, Sharif Miller, Avery, uh, Hall, Osman. Uh, I mean, you can go right down the list of suspects rather than real depth, and they've had depth there. Now, the tackle position's great, but I would say if I had to nail it down to one, and it's really hard to do because every team has questions, I would kind of point to the depth at the defensive end. What I remember about 2017 is they had such great rotation and depth that later in the season, whether it's late in the game or later in the season, and to think about how deep that went, obviously when you go to the Super Bowl, you're going pretty deep, that they had guys that were still playing the players were still playing at a high level. They had players that could kind of pick up for the other people, and they didn't worry about how many snaps they had. Oh, they worried about it, but they didn't make an issue of it. But they had depth there and the rotation, and that's what's been really good. When the Eagles have played well defensively, it's been depth in in a lot of areas. And the depth at the defensive end was really, really good for the Eagles. They could bring a guy in and you really didn't lose. You really didn't lose much. And to think about Chris Long, the player that always comes to mind at the end of his career, uh, you know, towards the end of his career, but to what he added for that team and he kept that team defensively fresh. And that's what they, they love to do. I mean, all teams love to do it. Not all teams can. But the Eagles, uh, one of the reasons, they want a lot of reasons they won a Super Bowl, but that was one of the reasons they won a Super Bowl is because they really did have depth, not just a defensive end, but certainly on defensive line. Bo Wolf, The Athletic. So I think that, that the Eagles' number one concern on the field, at least, uh, is still finding a way to be more explosive on offense. And, and certainly they tried to address that in the draft by uh, by adding Jalen Rager and a couple guys on day three who are who are sort of lottery tickets and uh, Marquise Goodwin as well. But uh, the way that this offense looked last year and, and the stats bear it out is that even when they were successful, everything was very difficult for them. I think they had the, the second longest uh, plays per drive on touchdown drives. You know, we, we know that their, uh, their completions to receivers last year were the worst in the league in terms of yards per attempt. Uh, they need to be more explosive on offense. They need to find a way to make things easier for Carson Wentz, easier for the defense. And, uh, you know, the the way that they were successful last year on offense was by being so good on third down and in the red zone, top five in both categories. And uh, that's really just probably not sustainable. So they need to find a way, whether that is some of the new stuff uh, incorporated by Rich Scangarello, uh, some new offensive scheme, some new boot action stuff, or whether that is getting, you know, a healthier Deshaun Jackson or uh, Jalen Rager performing really well for a rookie. They need to find a way to be more explosive downfield and to just make things a little bit easier on offense. And the challenge here, I think, will be incorporating some of these pieces who they need to be effective right away uh, without really much of an offseason. You look at Jalen Rager, you know, Doug Peterson said right now he's just learning that one spot behind Deshaun Jackson. I don't know how much he can learn in these, uh, you know, these virtual settings. 
And, you know, Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman like to say a lot, you don't know what you have in these guys until you get them in the building. And they're not going to get them in the building until, you know, late July or August, most likely. So uh, they don't know whether Jalen Rager is going to be ready to step in right away. They sort of need him to be. Uh, maybe it's J.J. Ortega-Whiteside taking a big leap in year two after a pretty uh, unsuccessful or unproductive rookie season. And uh, all the, the new offensive stuff that, that Scangarello is bringing to the table and, and this other pieces of the new coaching staff, how quickly are they going to be able to integrate that? Now, the, the flip side is if you sort of think that the beginning of the league is going to be a little bit more like, like backyard football, well, the Eagles have as good of a quarterback uh, – you know, in terms of backyard football, making stuff happen uh, in Carson Wentz as there is in the league. So uh, maybe that's one little good thing in there in the arsenal. But the flip side to that is no Brandon Brooks means maybe sustaining things uh, on the ground for longer drives is going to be more difficult. So uh, again, I think it comes back to, can they find a way, whether it is through scheme or whether it is through uh, personnel to be more explosive down the field. Now, since the theme of this podcast has kind of been along the offensive line, we're going to hit that right now in our stats corner, Jacob from the Eagles Kids Club. It's time now for our stats corner. And to do that, I bring in my trusty stats corner assistant, Jacob. Jacob, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fine, man. I just can't wait for training camp to get here. I think everybody feels the same way. And everybody, Jacob, as we talk about Stats Corner, is talking about the Eagles' offensive line this year. We've got some changes going on. In 2019, Jacob, another great job by the offensive line. What statistic do you have for me? In 2019, three of the team's starting offensive linemen earned Pro Bowl honors. The three players were Brandon Brooks, Jason Kelsey, and Lane Johnson marking just the fourth time in franchise history that the Eagles sent three offensive linemen to the Pro Bowl in the same season. That is pretty darn impressive. And for all of you who wondered, well, what are the other times? Well, I'll give you the years. 2015, Kelsey, Evan Mathis, Jason Peters. 2003, Jermaine Mayberry, John Runyon, Trey Thomas. 1954, Ken Farragut, Frank Kilroy, Lum Snyder. You know, Jacob, we've got three of those Pro Bowlers from last year. One of them, Brandon Brooks, won't play in 2020. Lane Johnson, injured last year. Is he ready to be a star again at right tackle in 2020? He could be. He just needs to stay healthy. He has to keep on doing his thing, and that thing is obviously just destroying defensive linemen so our running backs and whoever is running the ball can get to where they need to be. That's right. And then let's talk about Jason Kelsey here for just one moment. We all love Jason Kelsey, who gave the best speech in the history of Super Bowl parade. We were a bunch of underdogs. And you know what underdogs is? It's a hungry dog. And Jeff Stalin has had this in our building for five years. It's a quote in the O-line room that has stood on the wall for the last five years. Hungry dogs run faster. And that's this team. Bottom line is, we wanted it more. All the players, all the coaches, the front office, Jeffrey Lurie, everybody wanted it more. And that's why we're up here today, and that's why we're the first team in Eagles history to hold that freaking trophy. Jacob, 
tell me a little bit about Kelsey and something that's so important, his ability to stay on the field and remain healthy. Kelsey, who has also earned first-team All-Pro honors for the third consecutive year in 2019, leads all active NFL centers with 89 consecutive games started. The only other center with 60-plus consecutive starts is Alex Mack with 80. And there you go. Jason Kelsey, he's a great player, and part of his greatness is being durable. Jacob from the Eagles Kids Club, we thank you once again. If you are interested in joining the Eagles Kids Club, go to philadelphiaeagles.com slash kids club. Jacob, see you soon. You too. Bye. And just one more item here as we finish up the podcast for this week. Former Eagles wide receiver Harold Carmichael has waited a long time to get that call to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He finally got it back in the winter. We remember. Let's hear the call. Harold Carmichael going to the Hall. And now representing the centennial class of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, let's welcome a towering target in the city of brotherly love, Harold Carmichael. Well, now Harold has to wait until 2021 to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The league announcing last week that because of this ongoing pandemic, the ceremony will be pushed back one calendar year. I had a chance to catch up with Harold to get his thoughts. Harold, the, the news comes down from the NFL Hall of Fame that they're going to postpone the induction ceremony until 2021 because of the ongoing pandemic. I, I'm sorry to hear that, man. I, I, how are you feeling about that? I, I want to get your reaction from that. Well, you know, it's just uh, you got to wait another year. You know, we waited for 30-some years already, so one year probably won't make a difference. But, you know, it's uh, kind of um, let down a little bit. But, you know, you want to get all of these things, the rings, the jacket, the bus. You know, you want to do all of that stuff. But, and also, you know, really want to celebrate with a lot of uh, family and fans. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's a downer. But, you know, like I say, I can wait. Yeah, and the truth is that when they do it, they do it right in 2021, and everybody can really enjoy it to the maximum. Is that how you're kind of looking at it? Oh, exactly. I had just finished talking to uh, David Baker, the president of the um, NFL Hall of Fame, and, you know, he was telling me that it's going to be an ex- very exciting, a uh, lot of fun um, in 2021. So, you know, I believe what they're going to do, you know, the Hall of Fame always does it the, the right way. So I'm excited about, you know, at least uh, – uh, being able to do it uh, next year, you know, but, you know, it's, again, a long time coming, uh, something that, uh, again, I've been waiting on for a long time, but, you know, uh, again, another year, and what can you do? Harold, how is that bust coming along? Have you seen, last time we talked, you said it was looking really good. Have they have they finished it? I'm quite sure that they have finished it by now. You know, uh, it's been about a couple of months since they sent me um, pictures of, you know, the, uh, the just about, I guess you'd say about 85% of the finished product. So uh, hopefully, you know, it should be done by now. All right, Harold. Well, listen, stay safe out there, and uh, let's keep on. Let's keep the party going for another year. Oh, thank you very much, David. Hey, thanks for having me on. And, you know, well, you know, again, we get it done uh, in 2021. And we'll get every Eagles fan who can make it out to Canton, Ohio, and really party. Huh? 
We hope so. Thank you again. Thanks, Harold. Take care. All right. All right, bye. That will do it for this Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Insider Dave Spadaro with you as we turn the corner and really start to think about what's next. We certainly hope it's training camp in late July at the NovaCare Complex. Keep it right here. We will keep you up to date on the inside with the Philadelphia Eagles. If you have a moment to give us a five-star review, please do so. We appreciate them. We value them. We treasure them very much. Thanks to Ray Doyle and Peter Kelly for all of their work, and thanks to all of you for joining us each and every episode. Insider Dave Spadaro here. It's the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Everyone have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly. And a happy 4th of July weekend for everyone. Stay safe, everybody.